There's no question whatsoever right now that we're in times of extreme economic uncertainty. And so what I wanted to do today was really special and bring to you someone that has been an entrepreneur for over 40 years. Not only has this guy beaten cancer, but he is Brendan Burchard's financial advisor. The guy that literally advises Brendan on his finances. He's done work with Shalene Johnson, the IRS, and countless other organizations. He is a nationally best-selling author, ranked the number two most powerful business podcast, and he's helped companies make tens of millions of dollars the sales and even took one company from 50 million to over 200 million. And he's going to come here today and show you the principles of building financial certainty in times of chaos. And it's going to be such a powerful episode. This is the Path to Mindset Mastery Podcast. My name is Brad Bizjak. I'm a personal development expert with almost 10 years of coaching experience. And we exist here to help entrepreneurs come alive to their limitless possibilities. And today is a really special episode where I have a special guest, Mel Abraham here today, who's going to show you the three keys to thrive in financial uncertainty. And if you find value from this, make sure you enroll in our completely free class on Thursday, August 11th at 10 a.m. Central Time. We've linked it up down below. There will be absolutely zero sales pitch on it where Mel goes even deeper into the principles he's going to talk about today. So I'm so excited to introduce Mel. So Mel, how you doing today, man? Good to have you here. Brad, this is so cool that we get a chance to chat and we get a chance to be here. Thank you for having me, man. I am so excited that you're here. Thank you so much time for, for taking the time out of your day to be here to share your wisdom with us. I mean, you have 40 years of entrepreneurial experience. You've been, you've been around the block and you've experienced some incredible things in your life. And I, I would just love, before we get into these, these keys that can help people during this financial time, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about what kind of brought you to this point. You have an incredible story. And I'd love for you to just share a little bit about that if you would. First, when you say 40 years, that's like, oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> You've been in business but it's, I've been alive. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. What the heck? Um, you know, chalk it up to experience. Yeah, it's been an interesting ride. I actually started my very first entrepreneurial endeavor was uh, at 11 years old. Uh, you know, I, I literally... I literally, I fell in love with magic by watching a movie about Harry Houdini and learned everything I could about it. And I started doing uh, half hour magic shows at 11 years old for kids' birthday parties for $50. And I'm like going, wait a second, I get a chance to do what I love to do. Put smiles on faces and make money at it? This is a cool thing. (laughs) So I think that's where I got the, uh, the entrepreneurial bug. Um, but you know, I did take a traditional approach. I'm a CPA by education. Uh, but, uh, I, I've moved from that. You know, the reality is what got me here. We'll fast forward to it is that I bought, built and, and, and sold businesses, help people build businesses, but more importantly, it's about them building their lives. Um, what I found in my journey, I was a single full-time dad, was I was trying to build a business. And my son at six years old drew a picture of me. And he came running in, excited to, to, to show me this picture. And there I was in blue felt tip pen, standing in front of two computer screens with a phone in each ear and one on the desk ringing. And it was like, how, how a six-year-old boy can give you the most important lesson from a business or money standpoint ever. And, and because I could have used it as an excuse, but I said, 
he we need the prophets to to keep the roof over our heads we need the prophets to do the things that we want to do but the fact is is he didn't care about the prophets he cared about my presence he cared that i was there and he's the greatest gift you know being a father you know what it's like um, being a parent and and so i had to figure out how do i do money how do i do business differently so i can serve that great gift to be the dad that i want to be to be a father to him and to have that kind of relationship and and do that and so it was in that moment where that that i had a chance to start to explore different ways to do business now as we all often do the things that come naturally to us we take for granted and so i did these things i built the business i built the 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 wealth i did the things that i thought i was supposed to do that i learned and my son and i have a, a tremendous relationship today and you know he's 32 years old with their first child and the second one on the way so i'm gonna be a granddad two times over now um but what really came to me was was in june of 2019 the power of what i had learned became glaringly apparent in june of 2019 they found a five centimeter tumor in my bladder now when they went in to take it out it turned out to be seven and a half centimeters so it was a large a large tumor and you know you hear the words that you never thought you would hear you have cancer um i wasn't a candidate for cancer not that anyone should be but i didn't have the risk factors. I wasn't a smoker. I wasn't a drinker. No one in my family ever had cancer. I ate healthy for the most part, other than a sweet tooth. Um, I worked out all the time. It was never, it was never something that I thought could happen. Now, at the time, I was traveling the 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 country, speaking all over the place. I was mastermind with some of the top entrepreneurs, doing things that, you know, life was good, you know, and literally within two weeks of stepping off of a G5. Um, and it wasn't mine, just so we're clear. And I didn't pay for it. But if you can get someone else to pay for it and you ride on a G5, you got to do it at least once in your life. It's an experience. Okay. Um, sorry, I digress. But the reality was that um, that my life got turned upside down. And I knew that, all right, when the doctors came in, they looked at me and they said, look, you know what we're doing today? And I said, yeah. You're taking taking this bad boy out. He says, yeah. And, or he said, but. I go, well, I, I don't want to hear buts from my surgeon just before I go under. And he said, it's on top of the prostate, which means we might have to take the prostate out. I can't see the ureter on the right side, which means I might have to put a tube and a bag in. And if it's bad, you lose your, you lose your bladder. Like My whole life got ripped apart. My whole life got turned upside down. And this really isn't about the cancer. What it really is about is, are you prepared when life happens? Because it will. Now, the timing on this was June 2019. Shortly after that, March 2020 hit, pandemic hit. So whether it's a pandemic, whether it's cancer, whether it's something else in our life, we got to ask ourselves, are we prepared? And here's the thing that I know. I had to shut everything down. Not that I had to. I chose to shut everything down so i could heal so i could fight so i could do this so i shut down my businesses and i said we're going to focus solely on beating this cancer um so i fought the, the cancer medically physically emotionally energetically psychologically spiritually but i didn't have to fight it financially 
And I didn't have to fight it financially because of the lessons I learned from that picture that was drawn by Jeremy. And it wasn't until I watched people struggle through the pandemic that I realized the importance of these lessons. And it's that that got me to come back out because as a CPA, as an advisor, I've been a business advisor and financial advisor to a lot of people, but it's usually one-on-one. But the, the key for me then was this, was to see people struggle financially during the pandemic and realize it didn't have to be that way. To see people that they could have been in a situation to, to move through the pandemic, not necessarily unscathed, but unfazed, okay? In a way they say, I got this. We're going to be good. And we move through it. And as I sit here today, like like uh, you and I, we know that we're staring at the possibility of declaring whether we're technically in a recession. You know, interest rates are going up. Inflation is high. You know, what the market is all over the place. What's going on? And there's that uncertainty there that probably is the same angst and thing that we started to feel during the pandemic or I felt with the cancer and all of that type of stuff. And and so I think it's important for us to realize how to navigate it, how to move through it. There is a sea of pessimism and negativism that is, if that's a word, that's out there. And we can choose to swim it or choose not to. And I choose not to. And I have some experience, you know, I guess 40 years, because Brad did the math, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to, to kind of see it throughout history and how to, how to do that. And so that's kind of how, we, how I kind of ended up doing what I'm doing. Now let's fast forward just so we can close the loop on it. I am two years clear from the cancer. Everything's fine. Got the bladder, got the prostate, never had the tube. We beat the bad boy down and we are good. But here's the thing that I think is important. And where you all, the listeners and you all come in. I was trying to figure out the reason for the problem, the cancer in my past. I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to see what, and, and, and then I, it dawned on me because I was spiraling into a dark negative place, which is easy when there's times of uncertainty to do. But it wasn't until I said to myself, what if the reason I got the cancer isn't behind me, but is in front of me? What would that mean? And the reason I got the cancer, at least the way I see it, is that I've been called to serve and to help people navigate their financial lives in a way that whether it's cancer, pandemic, inflation, recession, they're okay. And for me, doing this not only gives value to the cancer, it gives me peace around the cancer. So that's why I do it. Wow. Wow, man, that is a truly a beautiful story. And it's, I, I always tell our listeners and our clients, like finding your pain and turning it into a purpose. And it's exactly what you're doing with this. And you, you mentioned something in there that I want to touch on. Um, you mentioned a couple of things. The first is that you've kind of seen this type of global pessimism happen before. And you mentioned something about like the number of recessions you've lived through and things like that. If you could touch on that, and then you also talked about, we'll go into this in just a second, but you also talked about the sea of negativity. Yeah. Like, you've probably seen 
the sea of negativity show up on a regular basis over the, it's almost cyclical. So you can, can you touch a little bit on that? Yeah. So let me start with the sea of negativity, I think to start, because I think it's, it's, it's more prevalent today than it ever was primarily because if you have a phone, you have a broadcast booth. If you have you you have the ability to be a newspaper, uh, a radio station, a TV station, and so we have social media, we have all this stuff going on, and and if you just take a look at the media or the social media, the headlines, the internet, all of it, almost all of it is negative pessimism. Recession's coming, Armageddon's coming. Oh my God, the stock market's dropping, uh, labor, all that stuff. And some of that may be fact, I get it. But it's the, it's the spin that they take on it. And what we need to really understand is most of those platforms are not there to serve our best interest. They're truly there because they want viewers, eyeballs, readers, and and people that are following them. And the best way for them to do that is to stir the fear. And, and so we can choose to swim in that ocean. In fact, I just did a keynote in, in D.C. and a whole audience of hundreds of, of entrepreneurs, and I flashed up a bunch of, of the headlines. And I said, if that were an audience, would you run in and swim in it? And they said, are you out of your mind? No. I said, then why are we? Why are we swimming in something that we know isn't going to serve us? Now, there may be some facts there, but let me give you some other facts. Brad, you brought up, you know, 40 years. In the 40 years that I've, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm older than 40, but, but in the years that I've been alive, I've been through seven recessions, okay? Seven recessions, eight bear markets, not including the one that we're in right now, okay? Um, 40 plus rate hikes by the Fed, the SNL crisis in the 1980s, the banking crisis in the 2000s, the dot com bubble burst, the Great Recession. Lord knows why they call it great. No recessions are great. Okay. Um, I've been through a history of all this stuff the global pandemic, the 2020 drop, all of that stuff. And I'm here. Not only am I here, but I've been able to build throughout it. Now, it hasn't been without fear. I, let me tell you, I listened to the fear markers, mongers at times. I ran to cash. I was scared. I, I huddled up in the corner in hopes that the storm would pass. Here's the thing that I figured out. I did, because I'm an accountant, I did math to it. Had I continued to invest from the first recession I was in, to today, without stopping, without freaking out, without doing that, I would have an additional $3.9 million. Just by staying in the game. And yet what they want to do is say, let's get myopic. Let's look at the fact that we have a recession right now. Let's just, just so we put, give some perspective to this. The technical definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of gross domestic product, GDP, decline. In other words, people aren't buying stuff, okay, for two consecutive quarters. We had one quarter of decline already. They're going to be talking about the next quarter. As we film this, it's going to be on Wednesday, 
So we will know. And they'll probably say that we're technically in a recession because it takes six months to diagnose a recession. The average length of most recessions, the average length of a recession is 11 months. Well, if it takes six months to diagnose it and they turn around and tell us on Wednesday, hey, we're in a recession and the average length is 11 months, we could potentially be out of it by the end of the year. Yet we're freaking out. You know, now, could it go longer? Absolutely, don't have a crystal ball. But my point is, is that when we when we allow them to focus our gaze on something without the, the full context, we don't, we, we miss it. Oh, the, the market's in a bear market. That means that it dropped from 20% down from, from its high. And we're in a bear market. Yeah, but if you look at bear markets versus bull markets when they go up, on average, the bull market, we're, our stock markets go up on average eight out of 10 years. We might happen to be in the two years it's down. Okay. But if you participate in the eight out of 10 years on the upside, it far outweighs the two. And the only way you do that is we need to make sure you got principles, you have processes, and you, you have your priorities straight to make it happen. But I guess the whole gist of this is, yeah. Things are changing. Interest rates are going up. Things are costing more. Um, we might be in a recession. We have a, a volatile mar- stock market. And, and you, you know, if you have 401ks and retirement plans, maybe they look a little worse than they did, you know, six, eight months ago. But this too shall pass. It has repeatedly. And it, there's no indication that, that, there's any permanence to this. What is permanent is inaction. Well, you just need to stay in motion. Well, that point I think is the stay in motion point, I think is really, really important. Uh, One thing I always tell our clients is look at history instead of headlines. If you look at history instead of headlines, you'll see that this is cyclical. This is actually normal that this is happening. And when you realize that it's normal and you eliminate the fear mongering that you were talking about, it brings you a sense of peace and certainty and control in times when the world is kind of going crazy. John Templeton said that when everyone's pessimistic, that's when you should be buying. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like doing exactly the opposite of what the world is doing. And so what the world is doing right now seems to be getting out of the game. It seems like they're getting out of the game. They're worried about what's going to happen. And so one thing that you always talk about is staying in the game. Can you talk a little bit? Let's if you could speak to two pieces of this. One is obviously just you mentioned why it's so important, like eight out of 10 years, um, it's going up. But could you speak to just a picture of what someone's life could look like if they stay in the game when they're already investing? And then if you could speak to maybe the person that's deeply in debt that isn't in the game yet and why now is such a beautiful opportunity one of the greatest times of opportunity we have if you could speak to both those that'd be amazing
Did you know that your brain isn't naturally wired to be happy and successful? It's actually wired to survive. So any moment in time, it's looking for what to protect you from, for what could go wrong. And that's why success might seem so hard. I believe that rewiring your mind is the only way to create lasting success and fulfillment. That means unlearning what you've been taught your entire life about what it means to be successful. And in order to do that, you need to uncover the limiting beliefs and toxic thought patterns hiding in your mental blind spots, which is exactly why I created a completely free assessment that will show you exactly how your mind is currently wired and if you're on track to create the success you deserve. And if you're not, I'll show you exactly what to do about it so you can rewire your mind for true and lasting success like the high performer you're meant to be. So you can finally break the chains of mediocrity and create the life on your terms that you've been craving for so long. And the best part is this assessment is yours absolutely free. To access it, head to quizzes.bradbizjack.com and you can start rewiring your mind right now. So, so here's the thing. Um, we can't win the game sitting in the stands. So wealth creation, financial freedom. Now I truly have, I have a core belief. Financial freedom is your birthright. Okay. We just need to understand how to go claim it. And we don't understand it because we demonize money. We don't have conversations around money. And, you know, I was raised in a household that, you know, don't talk about money. It's impolite, you know, and, and many are. So, so if we're not supposed to talk about money, how do we learn about money? We just watch other people that aren't talking about money, which didn't learn about money. And we end up with these bad habits. And yet, here's the thing. If you look at data, if you look at statistics, money is the number two reason behind infidelity for divorce. Money is the greatest stressor in relationships. Money, I think, is the missing link. Financial wellness is the missing link between mental wellness and personal wellness because it's the highest stressor. Well, you can't be finance, you can't be personally well, physically well, and, and mentally well if you're constantly stressed about money. You can't be productive at work. You're gonna have employees that are gonna be getting sick. So why not have a conversation around money? No problem ever gets solved without having a conversation around it. It's and money itself, it's it's nothing. It's just, it's, it's, it's not negative or positive. It's what we get a chance to do with it. And too often we see it as, as bad to talk about, it. but let's talk about it so we can now use it for the positive good that it's meant to be. And so, so I think that, that the reality is, is that first off, we need to be open to having real conversations. And that also means that if you don't understand, you're okay. I didn't understand it all, all either. Okay. And I still don't understand all of it. I still study. So become a student of it, not for the sake of money, but for the sake of richness in your life. And so we get in the game. And even though we don't know the game completely, then we get around people that can help you know the game better. So 
you're guided and you're in a safe community to have conversations. The people are in a community with you, Brad, because they trust you, because they're safe with you, and you're going to guide them with 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 the the softness of your heart, the caring of your soul. And so the things that keep us out of the game is the fear, the unknown, the the what if I make a bad a bad decision? You know, look, I've made plenty of bad decisions. I I got into an investment in 2005 that wiped out one third of my net worth because it turned out to be a Ponzi scheme. I'm a financial dude <laughs> and it still happened to me. So no one's infallible, but I'm still standing. I'm still here. And so no matter what's going on around you, I think the, the important thing is to say, what is the first step that I can take to get in the game? Could it be just listening to a podcast. I have a suggestion if you want one. Uh, <laughs> could it be getting a book? Could it be taking a class? Whatever it is, just take one step to get in motion and get in the game. Then you look at it and say, all right, so then where do I invest? Well, before we worry about investing, we need to then understand that your wealth creation has very little to do with your money. And you're going, how so, Mel? See, when people come to me and they say, Mel, I'm having money issues. I said, no, you're not. They go, <laughs> you're not living my life. Yes, I'm having money issues. I said, nope, you're actually having money symptoms. Mm. I said, they're symptoms of the choices, the decisions, the habits, and the behaviors from your past. And the fact of the matter is, your wealth creation is mostly a behavioral issue and not a money issue. And so the beautiful thing about, well, the, the horrible thing about it is that that's confronting because that means that it's your fault. But here's the thing I want everyone to know. You don't blame yourself. You don't beat yourself up. The big stick of the past doesn't do you any good. But the clarity of where you are, the acceptance of where you are. Until I was willing to accept the fact that they diagnosed me with cancer, I couldn't do what I needed to do to fight it. Accept where you are and use it as the stepping stones to a new future. And so the beautiful thing about it being behavioral is that all we have to do is change the behaviors. If you do things differently, you'll get things that are different. Simple as that. Now, that could be how you live your life. It could be, you know, am I using my credit cards? Am I putting my lifestyle on my credit cards? Am I comparing myself on social media and buying things I don't need? Am I earning my highest potential? Am I asking for my worth? All those things are behavior issues, but they go a long ways when you stack them up to shift and change your financial world. And so when we get that, when we understand that, then we can start to move through it. Now, let's face it, money's an emotional thing. You know, it, it, people will forsake their health, they'll forsake their ethics, they'll forsake a lot of things for money. And the only way we move past that is to get a higher level of understanding so we can move the emotions aside and not make emotional financial decisions and rather make informed financial decisions. Look, I have investments that are going down, but I know from my analysis and from my work 
These are good companies. They're not going to zero. I'm good. I'll buy more. We'll go back up. I'm fine. And it doesn't mean that I don't get emotional. I go, oh, no, that was a bad day, you know? But I can check the emotions at the door because the emotions, frankly, are the things that got me caught in the Ponzi scheme. Because I allowed my emotions to get the best of me. In fact, I did a, an episode on my show called The 10 Emotional and, Fi- and Psychological Triggers of Scammers. And when I broke down the triggers and then looked at what happened to me in the Ponzi scheme, yeah, they used eight of the 10 on me. <laughs> <laughs> they got you. <laughs> they got me. They got me. But now I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And, and so, look, we're not going to do this infallibly. We're not going to not make mistakes. I continue to make mistakes. But Lord knows, I tell people, I said, I said, I have done enough things. I just a blessing that I've done enough things right to be successful. But the bigger blessing is I've done enough things wrong to be educational. Ooh, I love that. And so, and, and so that's the way I kind of live my life. And, and Mel, one thing that I love about this is that ever the principles that you're talking about, you mentioned if you change your behaviors and these behaviors compound over time, you will get different results. One thing that you're not doing here is you're not saying that this is something where you make an investment and all of a sudden you're rich right away. You're, you're making the claim that changing your behaviors over the long term is what leads you to ultimate freedom of choice in your life. So when you do get hit with uncertainty, you'll be okay financially. That's what you're saying, correct? I'm not losing, I'm not missing. Yeah. No, you're not misinterpreting. It's we want sustainable wealth. I want I want sustainable wealth, something that's long lasting. Look, if you had the foresight to invest into Bitcoin and then get out in November when it was at sixty thousand, you might look like a genius. I'd say you're just lucky, mm-hmm. okay? Because Bitcoin right now is at nineteen thousand. But if you happen to be follow the the meme and follow the emotion and go, I got to get in. I'm FOMO hit me. I got to get in and you get in in November. And now it's at 19, 20,000. You're freaked out Mm -hmm. because we made an emotional decision. What we want to do, and this is why the first thing, and a lot of people will come and say, what should I invest in? What's the perfect investment? I said, wait, that's a mistake. Before we talk about the investment, this is like building a house. The investment is the finish work on the house but before we put the finish work that stuff that looks pretty and sexy and makes it look nice we need to put the foundation in and the framing in and and that foundation and framing needs to be structurally sound before you slap on the finish work otherwise the finish work's not going to hold and so principles there's a de- definition of principles that is a system of behaviors and So if we create a system of behaviors that have proven over time to build wealth, to keep out of, keep people out of the financial ditch, if you will, then we just got to embed those behaviors into your lifestyle. Now I'm not saying that it's going to be completely easy in a walk in the park because let's face it, some people might be struggling with debt and, and, or they're struggling with getting bills paid. And I get that. So now we need to we need to take a real hard look 
and have some frank conversations about how we're living, our lifestyle, and the things that we need to or should be doing. You know, what can we do to scale income? What can you do to scale back? Now, I truly don't believe you can cut yourself, cut expenses to build wealth, but you can cut expenses to give you margin to build wealth. Mm. But at some point, we need to think expansive. And, uh, and so I don't want to um, soft pedal or disregard the fact that some folks might be struggling. And we have to make some hard choices, some hard decisions. And that might revolve around what are my absolute needs versus wants? And am I being susceptible to the keeping up with the Joneses concept because everyone's parading their their perfect life on social media and go, I don't I, I should do that. I mean, I remember we had brunch with a, a, a dear, dear friend of ours and his wife. And we have a I have a one year old sheep doodle, okay, puppy. And we got the sheepadoodle because they had a sheepadoodle. And we see these pictures of them and their sheepadoodle on it that look perfect. He's so well behaved. And like we're looking at him and going, what is wrong with our little Budo? And we have brunch with him. We're talking about, I go, what is wrong with our little Budo? He's just not like your bananas. And they go, oh, <laughs> we're just having to catch the right shot. He's just <laughs> like your little Budo. <laughs> I'm like, God. If that is not what's really going on out there in social media or the media, I don't know what is. Is that we start to compare ourselves to it and we start thinking we got to live to that. No, we got to live to you and your definition of success. Mm. And if that is a yacht in Monaco, let's go for it. If that is a tent in Montana, let's make it happen. So the first part of this is like, let's get some blinders on and not worry about what everyone else is doing. Let's get clear on what we want in our life. And if you're in a relationship, I know I'm kind of going in different areas, but if you're in a relationship, a committed relationship, this is a conversation for the two of you mm -hmm. to make sure that you're living to your vision. The last thing you want to do is you're sitting there, you've lived 10, 15 years with this person, or you get to the, the latter years of your life and you look back and go, that really wasn't the life we wanted. That's horrible. Mm -hmm. But you're not living for your parents. You're not living for your kids. You're not living for social media. You're not living for your neighbors, society. You're living for you. Let's do it our way. I love that. And that will change some of the decisions you make with money. I love that. And Mel, one of the things that you said that I think is really profound is that there are principles of success with this. There are things that people do correctly that lead them to their definition of success. I love that you mentioned that this is a conversation to have with your partner. I love that it's based on what they specifically want and that you're honest about it's time for some tough conversations about current behaviors. And so no matter what your vision is, Mel is Mel and I have put together an opportunity for you to learn these principles these basics of wealth creation. And so Mel, if you want to talk to it just a little bit, it's called three keys to thrive in financial chaos. And 
we're going to do just a regular Zoom call that I'll host and Mel will come and speak out and teach you these basic principles. But I want you to know there's going to be literally no sales pitch on this. It's literally giving you value to transform your financial life and give you a feeling of control of your financial future. And so Mel, if you could talk just a little bit about yeah. why, should, why should someone come to that class? So, so let me correct something. There is a sales pitch and the sales pitch is to sell you on your dreams. Hmm. I want you to reach as far and as high as you possibly can. And, and I truly believe it's, it's possible. And so that's the only thing that, uh, and then we want to give you the path to do it. I mean, here's the thing. If you struggle with finances or money, or you're trying to figure it out, or you realize that you might be in a place where you say, I got to do it differently. It's just not working for me. Then I want to walk you through some of the principles that when you start to put these in place, when you get these in place, it changes and shifts your financial trajectory. And all I got to do is shift it just a little bit. How you see income, how do you see expenses, how you see investing, all those little things. And when you stack those on in a short period of time, you start to, you start to have a system that will allow you to build wealth regularly. And, and for those that are, uh, are entrepreneurs, you actually have the ability to leverage it because you can control the expense side and the income side. And those of you that maybe aren't entrepreneurs, we might talk you into putting a side hustle in place to accelerate your space. Look, here's the thing. You might sit back, and, and these are two myths that I think we need to be aware of, and say, I have time because I'm only in my 20s or I'm only in my 30s. I got time. Take it from a guy who's going to be 61. The time goes fast. Okay. And the greatest wealth creation, wealth building lever is time. It's the one thing we can't control. So if it's truly a behavior, wealth creation, and time is the greatest lever, then what is more important is not the amount that you're going to put away, but the fact that you're exercising the muscle, the behavior. So it doesn't matter to me whether it's $5, $10 or $5,000. I just need to get you in the game. The other side of it is this. Some people might be sitting back saying, I'm 50 years old, what's, what's my chance? Well, you have a shorter time runway, That's, I get it. But is that a reason not to do it? That's the reason to get in the game. Get in the game and get in the game the right way. And you still, at 50 years old, you still got 20 years ahead of you, you know, and and so there's no reason we can't build something. And even if you sit back and say, I wanted a million dollars, I only got to 600,000. Oh, damn, but that's 600,000 you didn't have before. And so rather than throw your hands up, let's give you principles to take control. Let's give you a direction in which to go so you can start to move through some of the opportunities that come our way. The recessions that have have come around is by far more millionaires are created during those times because of the opportunities that exist than any other time. I think it ought to be you. I love that. I love that. I'm so excited to do this with you, Mel. It's going to be amazing. I, it's such a unique opportunity to, to talk about this because I think it's something like you said, a lot of people avoid and, it, and it's almost a belief that ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is pain. 
And so we need yeah. to gain control of our financial future. And so what Mel and I are doing is something really special. We're going to just do a Zoom session that you are welcome to enroll in. It's totally free. Um, it is going to be on Thursday, August 11th at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want the, if you can't make it live, you want the recording, make sure you still register for it so we can send out the recording to you. Like we said, there's going to be no sales pitch besides selling you on your dreams. And Mel's going to cover these principles so that you can, no matter what the amount, just make progress towards what you really want instead of feeling like it's this blender of scarcity and pain and worry that the media is feeding you because that's absolutely false. It is one of the greatest times in human history for you to take control of your wealth and just build a legacy that lasts beyond you. But beyond that, to really, no matter what happens in your life, whether it's something like cancer or whether it's something like a pandemic or something else that happens in your life, you know that you'll be protected and that your loved ones will be protected. And Mel is a master at teaching that. So Mel's gonna speak for us and come in on Thursday, August 11th at 10 a.m. Central Time. So make sure you sign up for three keys to thrive in financial chaos. We've got that linked up right below this show. Mel, any final notes today uh, for our listeners about this or anything at all that you wanna leave them with? Yeah, I just I, I I hope that that they take from from this the the idea and the ideals that it truly is possible if we just give them a little bit of knowledge, a bit of direction, and some tools to make it happen. And it's sometimes hard to see, you know, oh, I need a million dollars or two million or five million to see your way there because it seems so far away. On the session, I will walk you through the, the four stages of what I call the financial liberation journey because they're little milestones that get you to go in and go, oh, I'm okay, I'm on track, I'm doing well, okay? Uh, and, and know that it's just a step at a time, but the stalled car doesn't move. But once the stalled car is moving, we can steer it and we can accelerate it, we can get it going. And that's what I wanna do with you. Oh, it's going to be amazing, my friend. Well, thank you so much for the just the privilege of being here with you is such a gift. And I'm just uh, so honored you took the time out of your day. And I'm just blown away that you you'd offer to come and speak to um, just to our community. I mean, it's I know how valuable your time is. And I'm just incredibly grateful. I know everyone here is incredibly grateful. And so uh, I'm pumped, man. It's going to be awesome. So it's this Thursday, August 11th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Make sure you sign up with the link below to come learn these principles from Mel. Mel, thank you so much for being here today. It's just such an honor. And uh, friends, make sure you go out there today and every day and live a life with a genuine smile on your face. This is the Path to Mindset Mastery Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week.